You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. It is time for our Biblical Worldview question of the week with Nancy Fitzgerald of Anchors Away Worldview Ministries. Good morning to you, Nancy. Good morning to you, Steve and Matt. It's it's going to be a great day. It is going to be a great day. You yes, got a great question, but I also heard you've had some significantly strong coffee, so you're about fired up. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> That's the understatement. Oh. Well, I love this question when it came across um, the question, you know, why should we love and serve the least of these, right? And this is something that we have seen modeled through the entire ministry of Christ. And we look at this and we say, you know, this is, maybe this isn't for me. I don't have the, the gift of mercy. And we wonder, how do we actually do that? But we have to understand the why. So why should we love and serve the least of these? Yes, and you know, we're we're in the Christmas season now, so we're celebrating the birth of Christ. And, you know, when we, when we think about this, why then did Jesus come to earth, you know, as, as a baby in a manger? Um, there's significance to that. There's great significance to that and, and where he was born and all of this. But I think the message is, is screaming out here that he came to suffer and to die for all humanity's sin. <laughs> you know, he didn't, he, you know, he, he, God the Father could have sent his son to become, but yet another worldly leader, you know, uh, or a wealthy king who lived in a palace and, you know, did the, the king clothes and all, all that with the servants around him. But, you know, that is not the case. Um, Jesus, the most influential uh, act of human history was his birth and his death even, even succeeded that uh, in, in, in the impact that he made in this world. And, and so here we see Jesus who came uh, as one of us and his earthly dad was a carpenter and his mom gave birth to him when she was between the ages of 13 and 15, you know, and the idea that he was born in a dirty cave, uh, rejected by, by the innkeeper and, and was born in a dirty cave should signal us something. And he grew up with kids in his neighborhood, you know. And I think it's interesting in history what God wanted us to know was about his life, how to live, how to love, and how to die for uh, how he died for the sins of us. So therefore, in Scripture, you know, there's very little written about his childhood. Uh, but we do know that he spent time in the synagogue learning and at times preaching as a 12-year-old. So uh, he, it was really uh, amazing. And I think Philippians 2, the kenosis passage, uh, is revealing, and again, why God sent his son and, and, and what this is all about. And, and Philippians 2, 5 through 8, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in the very nature God 
did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That was his mission, number one mission. And uh, wow, it is it, it, it's a beautiful picture for us in this season to appreciate the the real reason behind the birth of Christ. Hey, Nancy, it's Matt. What a wonderful picture of the God figure coming down and, like you said, being in human likeness and, and being a servant. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that humility that he gave, and, and wow, that's, that's really uh, relatable. I love it. Uh, so, so who are the least of these? Who are we talking about? Yeah, and, and you know, we tend to think of the least of these are those discarded people, you know, by culture, uh, who don't want anything to do with them, uh, uh, you know, especially, sadly, the religious people, but we'll get to that later today. But uh, the least of these refers to those who are poor and sick and lost and need help, um, rejected by the culture, so to speak, as being unworthy in some way. Uh, but God calls all of us to help meet the needs of people who struggle to help themselves. And as we see the life of Jesus, oh my goodness, Matt, I mean, you talk about sacrificial love. Uh, he loved and he ministered to people. Those people, the least of these, that most people are too busy in their lives of self to to minister to but but jesus's whole mission uh there we see uh was to feed the hungry and and thirsty and depressed and sick and imprisoned and by living and loving and serving others as christ did we also are doing it for christ and i think this is so huge matt that when we realize that this is where God's heart beat with the least of these. And if his heart beat, our heart should beat there also. And and this is just magnified in Matthew 25. <clears throat> then the, uh, Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you by the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or feed you, or thirsty, or give you drink? When did we see you as a stranger, and welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? When you? When did we see you sick, or in prison, or visit you? And the king answered them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And you know, whoa, this is a huge wake-up call for us as human beings because, you know, we tend to live for ourselves, and we choose our friends that are most like us and think like us. And really, it's a very safe place for us. And that's where most of us uh, live, because we're kind of living in our own little world. But God, however, expects us to reach out beyond our comfort zone and actively 
learn the cultures of others by being his hand and feet, engaging with others, listening to their stories, no matter where they are in the, in the culture stratus, so to speak. Because we can learn about their lives and hopefully earn the right to not only serve them, but to share the gospel with these people. And they're not less. They are really in the heart of God. The, the, the least of these are more in God's, in God's eyes. And Luke 6, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? Even the sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even the sinners do the same. So it's a little spank uh, on our hands here by God saying, so you're doing good things to, to people that do good for you? I mean, I want you to go beyond it. Kind of in this, in this place of being uncomfortable for us because, you know, we're so self-driven. Being a Christ follower is not meant to be comfortable, right? I mean, that's that's the whole yeah, point. Know. You know, we know. are to, you know, ultimately be conformed to the image of Christ. So if we are looking at Christ as that role model, what does that mean for us as a Christ follower? What is it that we should be doing, and how do we actually go about that? Yeah, you know, uh, again, Steve, uh, Christ's life on earth has been chronicled in the Bible with stories of how he reaches out to the least of these, including those who hate him. And this is such a good lesson for us. You know, he spoke to and healed many, many who would turn against him in Jesus's greater, greatest hour of need when he was being crucified, you know, uh, and they were it was amazing. And through his suffering moment before he died. He asked the Father in heaven to forgive those who beat him, who hollered to crucify him, and who mocked him. You know, the woman at the well, who was a total outcast in her in her town, was the one that Jesus singled out to share the good news to her personally about being the Messiah who would forgive her sins. And as a result of that one discarded least of these women, many people were saved because of this woman's belief and excitement to share with everybody in town. And I don't know, if you, if you look back in, in, the, in the scriptures, you're going to find that God uses not only the least of these to heal, but the least of these to be his voice into the culture. Matthew 9.35, And Jesus went throughout the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. And you know, the Christmas story of Jesus' birth is filled with reminders of God's heart to encourage and to include the least of these to carry out God's will. Now, in the Christmas story, in this sense, he used the lowly shepherds to be the first witnesses to see the Messiah and also to be the first evangels to spread the good news in Bethlehem and beyond. I think of... I think of the the shepherds, uh, you know, the lowly shepherds, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it means to be a shepherd, so I kind of hold them in high regards. I mean, I think it'd be kind of hard. Or is it a farmer? Is it a rancher? These guys probably know what they're doing. But that's not how they were set in that time. Um, they were the least? I mean, tell me about that. Yeah, they were the least for sure. And, you know, when these questions come up, um, I do a lot of work, a lot of reading, um, a lot of research, because I get into it hysterically. <laughs> I mean, really, OCD kicks in. And in this case, I have read this week so much about the shepherds, who they were, what they did, why God used them like he did. And it, it, it's amazing to me what, how significant the shepherds are in this story. You know, again, as you say, Matt, they were men who were considered to be outcasts. They were typically uneducated herders who tended animals. They smelled. They stayed up most nights and most nights to make sure that sheep were good. So they had really no order to their lives in, in that regard. Um, and they kept to themselves mainly because they were out in the fields, but also because uh, people were glad they were because nobody wanted to be seen with them. They were not social beings, and no one would converse with any of them. But this is the thing, and, and it's just a little rub with me anyway generally, but the religious people of their day despised them. How about that? Um, wow, what an example to set. But this is the thing that's so cool about this whole story. How wonderful that God chose the lowest of the lowest to see the birth of the Messiah, or to see the, the Messiah soon after the birth. And, you know, if God had chosen a, a king, a religious leader, to be the first witness of Christ, you could only imagine the pride and the ownership of that moment for whomever it was that was the first to see, but not so with the shepherds. You know, God chose the least of these uh, and honestly, to see the reaction of them, these men had a very deep sense of God. And God knew their hearts. He knew that, that when he called them to do something, they would do it. And God's choice of inviting uh, the shepherds reflected not only Jesus' life and future ministry, but also historically. You know, and I I just have to throw this in because it's so interesting. You know, to be a shepherd, uh, you were the last one born in your family line. So it, it, that, was a, that was then designated to be a shepherd. And we're not talking about a few sheep, sometimes up to a thousand of them. But it was the last one born in families that was tapped to be uh, a shepherd, and they would literally leave that family and go out and, and tend sheep. And, uh, you know, we saw that in David. Uh, he was a shepherd boy. And just like the shepherds on the field the night that Christ was born, and even, you know, in the scriptures, you know, I am the good shepherd. Uh, good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We, we see this in the scripture. And and we see uh, Psalm 23, which 
uh, of course, I love, but the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, here it is. It's it's very clear. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in my paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the valley of shadow of death, which is where these sheep were, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. A beautiful metaphor as to Christ, the coming Christ, as as he is with, with those he chose. So I, I'm just saying this is huge. It was no coincidence. It wasn't, well, they're, the only people awake at night are the shepherds. Let's just go to them. No, not at all. The, the shepherds had a very special and have a very special place in God's heart. And, and, we, and we see this. Um, let's just look at the, at the birth story of Christ in Luke 2, where, where she said she, it says she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. And in the same region, shepherds were out in the field watching their flock at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the King. And this will be assigned to you. You'll find the a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hope, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. And when the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. And see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that it had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And you know, God has always will pour his love out into the poor, to the needy, to the lost, the sick, and the hungry. And those, my friends, are us. We are needy. We are hungry for truth. Uh, uh, we need encouragement to go into a very dark world and be that light and speak that light and and serve in ways that are sometimes uncomfortable. But this is what God has called us to do, and it what it, it's what pleases Him, and it what it's what brings Him glory. How can I please God? Feed the poor, be an encourager. And that is the way we please God. In Galatians uh, uh, 6, 9, you know, it's not easy, of course, to live this way because it goes against our nature. Uh, but, but Galatians 6, 9 said, let's not grow weary of doing good. For due seasons we will re reap. 
if we do not give up. And this whole idea, time is coming when God will bless us for the life and and what we did here on earth. In the meantime, we need to get at it. We need to go to those who, who need help and encouragement. Well, that is why we are to care for the least of these. And, you know, Nancy, I just picked up on something because we were talking about the whole concept of the shepherd and their place in society. And, you know, you brought up all those really good points. They were out in the fields. They were very much isolated. They were alone from others. They were stinky. They were smelly. And they were looked down upon. And immediately, I thought, when... Samuel goes to anoint David, and the words here, right. surely the Lord's anointed is before him, but the Lord said to, to Samuel, don't look at his appearance or on his height or his stature, because I've rejected him. For the Lord does not see uh, man as, as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And as he went through each one of the sons, and then he finally asks, and yeah. you know, he says, well, do you got any more? And he's like, oh, well, you must mean David. And so, yeah, that is the least of these. Even his own father did not consider him worthy enough that he would even put him before Samuel. And so Samuel then has to go out to the fields, and he's got to go find him, and he's got to go through that whole thing. Like, David didn't even get that much respect because he was looked so lowly upon in his role as the shepherd. Man. No, it, it, and it's pivotal in the Old Testament, as you know. You know, the line of David, the line of David, yep. the line of David. There yep. you go. A shepherd, let's remember this. And it's so important that, in, and look at it as a privilege to be able to help somebody. Yeah. And, and instead of, oh, perfect me, um, you know, I'm just going to lower myself down a little bit and, and do this. It'll make me feel good. No, this is so not what God has called us to do. We are privileged to be able to go out and buy a pair of shoes for somebody or yeah. sit and talk to somebody or invite somebody over that looks different than the neighbors. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, seriously, it is it, it is insane. I had friends that were going to reach out to somebody, somebody that they knew who was in prison and they were going to do this and invite them to their home. And as they were driving home with this prisoner, who was, by the way, well-known in, in Indianapolis, um, it was a woman and, and these two friends of mine, they just reached out and they decided they'd just take her home for lunch and just kind of love on her. They were so horrified driving her to their neighborhood that they opened the garage door and, and drove in their garage and shut the door, at, you know, the garage door and the get out, snubble around in the dark and, and let her in that way. Yeah. But during when they heard her story and they got to know her, they, they were so ashamed for not taking her in the front door, so to speak, you yeah. know, yeah. and really celebrating her. And it was a great lesson, a great picture for us. These people to need to be invited to come in the front door, my friend. Yeah, and they do. We, we need to really start living like this and and see the heart of God. I don't think we get it. What where God's heart is, you know, with these people. And um, so, yeah. But the, David is just a beautiful example of God's love for the least of these. 
And that is so important, such a good lesson for us in our question of the week. I want to encourage everyone, if you want to learn more and you want to sharpen up your skills in this area and truly develop a deep understanding of the Christian worldview so that you can not only defend your faith, but you can also impart that upon your family. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the Word to Life. 